Turn your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I was trying to figure out what you preach about on a day like today. And this is a day when, and it's not exactly the, the last day that everybody will be with us, but it's kind of a day when we acknowledge everyone that's getting ready to go to our new church start and kind of a time when we say, okay, this is the time from now on, there'll be some separation here and things like that. So what do you say on, on that day? And as I was uh, studying and looking, my mind went back to uh, the day I was ordained and that scripture there that they charge you with when they ordain you. So I was thinking, what better thing to say to people that are getting ready to go and start a new church than what they say to a pastor just before he's getting ready to be ordained, and uh, just a reminder of what it is that we do. And so let's stand this morning, and uh, we're going to read the first six verses of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. This is my Bible, the living Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the the work of an evangelist, Discharge all the duties of your ministry, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I pray that you would remind us as the church this morning what our duties are and what you have called us to do. And Father, there's several things that we do and several things that uh, you call us to do, but Father, it's good every now and then just to hear what is the important things. What are the things that you have called us most important to do? And so, Father, today I pray that you would remind us as uh, the mother church and remind our our new church as it gets ready to set out on this new adventure of, of proclaiming your word. Father, help us to remember today what you have called us to be, and you have called us to preach your word. Father, I pray that we would never get away from your word, that we would hold it in high regard. And that we would remember that this is your book that, that tells us who you are and is the story of you and, and humanity together. And so, Father, today I pray that you would just encourage our hearts, challenge us, and help us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Selena knows this text well. It's what they say to you 
right before they ordain you. And Dylan, before too long, this will be what they say to you. And so I thought as I was getting ready to preach this morning that I would like to to challenge all those who are getting ready to head out on this uh, excursion of being uh, the well in North Springfield, North Nazarene North Church at North, whatever it's called, North Springfield Church of the Nazarene. Anyway, the well, that's just easier. But this is for the... uh, this is for the pastor, but this is also for the church. This is a good reminder for the sending church. This is a good reminder for the church that is going, what our job is. And it's easy in life and it's easy in ministry to sometimes get busy and forget about what the, the main things are. And I need to be reminded every now and then what the main things are. I don't know about you. I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you never get sidetracked in life, but sometimes it, I get sidetracked. Sometimes I get busy with life or things or ministry and other things, and, and this morning is a good time to be reminded, and, and I want you to get the picture of where Paul is. Paul is in prison, and he probably feels like he's in his last days. He feels like his time of preaching is coming to an end. He actually feels like his life is probably coming to an end. And at the end, (coughs) you start to see things clearly. If you face death, death starts to make you see things as they really are. And it starts to bring things into perspective that nothing else can. And so Paul is here facing death. I don't know if you guys have seen the commercial on TV. This lady is, is sitting at a table and the waiter comes and hands her her check. And on the check it says, tomorrow you'll have a heart attack on this check. And if you knew those things were happening and if you knew those things were coming, all of a sudden it would change probably the rest of your day or the rest of your perspective. And Paul is here and he's in this place facing death and he knows what is most important and he sees what is most urgent in the hour. And he's trying to pass this on to Timothy and and our general superintendents and our district superintendents are are trying to show us as the church the urgency of the hour, the the urgency that people are dying and going to hell and and that we are the ones who are sent out to to bring them in and and we are starting this urgency we need to plant new churches because that's the most effective way to win lost people. We've seen it over and over again that this is how we win lost people. And so if we're going to do that, we have to be about that. And it's urgent. And when Paul writes this, he doesn't come up with a long list of things for Timothy to do. He comes up with a pretty short list of things to do. We think we need a lot of things. We think in order to have church, we have to have a cool building like this and a sweet sound system in the back and, and a couple of buses parked in the middle here. And we have to have youth pastors and, and children's pastors. And we have to have a, a sweet worship band and nurseries and Sunday school and all these things and websites and the Facebook and all that stuff. But you notice that none of that is mentioned here to Timothy Right about now, the sound guys are going to shut me off because they're like, hey, you got to have me. There we go. Yeah. See how long I last without them? I'm useless without them. So Timothy, I mean, Paul should have wrote that to Timothy. You must have a sound guy. But that's not what he writes. 
Those things are not on the list. The very first thing and the most important thing for the church to do and for you to do, and this, this isn't just on Sunday and Wednesday night and, and Sunday school class. Your life is to proclaim God's Word. And the way you live, and the way you live, especially in your home, you are to pray, proclaim God's Word. And the first priority that I would say to our New Start Church is preach the Word. Verse 3 says that there is a time coming when people don't want to tolerate sound teaching. Hey, it's here. That time is here. We live in a world that doesn't want to listen to what the Word says about anything. Paul seems to think that, that everything the church does needs to proclaim. If you read the Amplified Bible, it says, Herald and proclaim the Word. Paul says that's the first thing the church does. We stand up and say this is the truth about who God is. We are to live our lives by what this book says. And that's for this church and that's for our new church as well. Verse 2 says in the Amplified Bible, keep your sense of urgency. You know that each time we meet that there are people here that are in a, in a state of, of lostness. I believe that every time we come to church, every time we meet in Sunday school, that there is someone here who is not in a right relationship with God. That's, there's urgency about this. There's urgency about what we do on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. There should be an urgency about the church at all times that, that this could be a moment when the Holy Spirit could come and, and someone could come to know Christ. And so Paul says there should be an urgency about us. Folks, this isn't just a time that we come together and talk and enjoy each other. And that's, that's part of what we do. We were talking about that in Sunday school this morning. That's part of what we do, and that's, that's a wonderful part of it. The community is, is part that we enjoy. That's what, that's what makes starting the new church so hard is because we have community and we all get together, and then we have to break off part of the community to join another, to make another community, and it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. But that's what God has called us to do, to be in community. But that is not all of it. There needs to be not just a, uh, the, the community and what I get out of it, but there needs to be an urgency of, of, of their lost souls. And each time we meet, we need to be ready for the Holy Spirit to work. We can be sure that the spoken word is what brings about change. My ideas have no authority at all. The only authority we can proclaim as the church is what God's Word says because it is ultimately God who, who brings conviction to people. No one cares what men think, but God's Holy Spirit and God's Word is what brings about change. The second thing that I would encourage our churches to do is always be ready to give the Word. The Amplified Bible says whether the opportunity is favorable or unfavorable. We always want to wait till everything's just right. Have you ever heard someone say that? I, I'm just going to, everything's just right. And then, and when everything's just right, then I'm going to share the gospel. You know what Paul says? Paul says it doesn't matter if it's favorable or unfavorable. Share the word. It doesn't matter if people want to hear it or they don't want to hear it. Share the word. It doesn't matter if it's, he literally says it doesn't matter if it's convenient or inconvenient. Share the word. I would say to our our new church, most of what you do is going to be inconvenient. You don't have a building. You don't have anything. 
Everything will be inconvenient. And you know what Paul says? Share the word. In the inconvenient, the whole thing will be inconvenient. Ministry is rarely convenient. Ministry rarely happens when it's convenient. And Paul says, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, share the word. He says, whether it's welcome or unwelcomed. We like to preach to people that want to hear us, don't we? We like to preach to people who like us. We want to preach to people that agree with us. What good is that? What good is that? We want to do that, and we want to be an encouragement, but Paul says, go find somebody that is lost, and whether they want to hear it or not, go preach to them. Share the word, whether it's welcomed or unwelcome. This is a good reminder to us this morning. It's a good reminder of what the church is for. It's a good reminder of what the pastor is supposed to do. Paul's pretty open here and pretty straightforward. I think lots of times everyone thinks that the pastor's supposed to come and encourage you and, and make you feel better about everything. Paul, who is at the end and has been preaching and preaching and preaching, Paul doesn't write that till the very end. He thinks that that's kind of down the, the rung of the ladder of things that are important. If you read in the, in the Amplified Bible, he lists five things before he re- lists encouragement. I think those things are important, but I think a lot of our TV evangelists and people like that, they just want to tell you all the good things and everything's all right and, and nothing's going to ever be wrong and everything's going to be fine and, and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. You know the number one thing that Paul says that the preacher is to do, that the preacher of the word is to do? The first thing he mentions in the Amplified Bible is to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Well, doesn't that sound like fun? Doesn't that sound like fun? The number one thing. So I'm just going to, I'm going to prepare your church for you, Selena and Dylan. When Selena and Dylan preach and tell you what's wrong with your life, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what Paul says. That's the first job. That's her job. Have a little pity on them. It's not a fun job, but that's what God calls us to do, to show people what way their life is wrong. And then it gets easier after that. The first thing he says to do, show the people what's wrong in their life. The second thing he says to do, this one gets easier, rebuke them. And then it gets even easier, correct them, warn them, urge them, then you can encourage them. So you knock them down, and then you encourage them. This is, according to Paul, this is what God has called us to do. To say what is wrong with, with people's lives. But isn't that what the Word does? Doesn't the Word say this is who God is, and this is what He wants for us, and this is the standard? And, and we have to at some time say, this is not where you're at. That's what God has called us to do. That's what church is. Church is not everything's okay. We can do whatever we want to do and it doesn't matter. Church is, this is what God's standard is and we're just to come underneath it and to live it and to be. God calls us to be holy. That is not an easy undertaking. We're not going to be able to live like everybody else and be holy. The church is not to look more and more like the world. The world is to look more, the church is to look more and more like Christ. <coughs>
We're to be far different from the world. This message is for me as a pastor to preach the word. It says that people will want, uh, will want to follow man-made fictions, what man thinks about. Does that not sound like the world we live in? We live in a world that, 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 that keep talking about and keep reasoning and keep reasoning and keep reasoning and keep reasoning until we come to the place that we think that any kind of marriage is okay. And you hear it and you hear it and you hear it till finally people start saying, oh, well, maybe that's right. I'm going to tell you, that is man-made fiction. It is. And we cannot be part of that. And the world wants so bad to drag the church in and the church to say, oh, that's okay, this is okay. What the world thinks about marriage, that's okay. What the world thinks about abortion and life, that's okay. What the world thinks about this and that, that's okay. Paul says that's not okay. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. It says to give good advice. Verse 5 says to stay calm and cool. Paul says to stay cool and steady. And then he says something else. To suffer. What? Yeah, suffer. I don't know about you. Have you, have you seen these, these shirts that says stay calm and then something else on? I say I saw a bumper sticker on a movie the other day. It says, stay calm and mommy on. I don't know what that means. I guess it just... And then one of them says, stay calm and party on. You know what, you know what the sticker of the church should be? Stay calm and suffer on. Oh, yeah, that's a, that would be great. We love that one. Stay calm and suffer on. That's, that's what Paul says. Paul says, stay calm and suffer. Oh, man. Nobody wants to sign up for that one. But that's what Paul says. We should be able to get to the place to where we are like Paul and where we stay calm. And Paul counted it a privilege to suffer, to share in what Jesus did, because ultimately all of these things is what Jesus did. Paul is saying, preach the word as Jesus did. Jesus never backed down. Jesus stood up to everybody that didn't, believe, didn't agree with him and said, this is what God says. This is his word. That's what we're called to do. Preach the word like Jesus did. Tell people what was wrong with their life. We see that in Jesus. He goes to the woman at the well and, and, and he tells her everything that's wrong with her. <coughs> we act like it's so wrong to say anything is wrong with anything. Jesus was very abrasive. He comes and talks to this woman. He says, he says this is what's wrong with your life. And you can't stay this way. Jesus rebuked, corrected, warned, and urged. He did all those things. Jesus encouraged. And we do that too. People will reject you. Hmm, they killed Jesus. Stay calm and suffer on. Jesus stayed, 
you, you guys still messing with me? Because I, I was really just kidding about that, all right? Jesus said, Jesus said to suffer. Jesus suffered. When Jesus suffered, he didn't cry out and gripe and complain and carry on. He just suffered quietly. The word says that he was silent unto the slaughter. Jesus stayed calm and suffered. And ultimately, Jesus gave his life for the cause. And this morning, that's really the the message for all of us. Will you give your life to the cause? Will you give your life to the one who gave his life for you? This is for the whole church this morning. Christianity, the name means that we are little Christ. And if we are going to say we are Christ, we are going to say we are Christian, we give our life to the cause. And there are so many causes in this world that, that call and clamor for our lives. But this is the only thing that is eternal. What we do is, is eternal. There's nothing else that is eternal. And God has called us to this. And this morning, <coughs> I just want to reiterate what Paul says. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men do not want will men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, church, you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the working of evangelists. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. He's saying, and die in it. Die in it. I'd like for Dylan and John and Selena to come and stand here in the middle of the altar here this morning. Lord has placed upon their heart this calling that, that, that uh, they're to start the new church, the well, in North Springfield. And now this morning, I, I know that some of you have not made up your mind, but some of you know exactly what you're supposed to do, that God has called you to this. If God has called you to be part of the well, I want you to come and stand around your pastors this morning. Bring your families with you and come this morning. Just surround them. I want everybody around them. There's plenty, come around on this side. There's plenty of room over here. Oh, hey, somebody scoot this, scoot this altar up just a little bit. There we go. Gather in here close. Let's all gather in here close. Around here close. Come around over here. Gather in close. Now I want our church to stand and come. And let's gather around them close this morning and lay hands on them today.
Everybody gather in close. I'd like for our board, our church board, to come around on this side of the altar with me. If you could, if you would. Okay. Everybody, everybody gather up in close. Put your hands on somebody. Let's pray. Father, this morning, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would anoint and that you would empower and that your Holy Spirit would empower Pastor Selena and Pastor Dylan to preach the word, Father. To do the work of an evangelist, Father, I pray that you would give them the words to say. I pray that you would give them the the courage to say the things that a, a lost world needs to hear. Father, I pray that you would give them words to say, this is where your life does not stand up to God's holy standard. Father, I pray for each one that stands behind them this morning and has laid their hands upon them, for each one that is going and seeking to be part of this new start, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would empower them to be what what you've called them to be, Father. Father, we know from your word this morning that this is completely inconvenient, that there's nothing convenient about it, there's nothing easy about it, there's nothing uh, that's going to be easy. But Paul, your servant, says, preach when it's convenient and preach when it's inconvenient. And Father, this whole thing is inconvenient. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would give them the the strength to do that. Father, I pray for for, uh, each one that is going. I pray that they would not rely completely upon uh, their pastors to do all the the work, that you would uh, teach them to to preach your word in in their school and in their homes especially, Father, and in their work, Father. I pray that they would be proclaimers of the word as well, Father, and that they would uh, uh, be, be lights into a dark, dark world. Father, I pray for that area in North Springfield where they are headed. Father, I pray right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would go and and that you would soften hearts of people who don't even know why that you're speaking to them right now. They don't even want to go to church. They don't understand church. They have no interest in church. But, Father, right now their, their soul feels a softening in their life for some reason. Father, go ahead and, be, and go ahead of, of, of this church, Father, and begin to prepare hearts and souls. Father, I pray that in the, in the schools up there in, in Springfield, in, in the colleges especially where our, where our kids are going to college up there, Father, I pray that, that you would help them to reach out and, and to speak into the lives of students that would, that would not only change uh, lives on campus, but, Father, in their homes and their moms and dads. And, Father, I pray that, they would, that students would come and, and marry people that they're supposed to marry. And, Father, that you would be carried on from generation unto generation. Father, one day many years ago, the Marshfield Church of the Nazarene was just someone's idea. And Father, you came and opened it up and blessed it and brought us to where we are today. And Father, we thank you for that. And Father, today we are here at the the very beginning, not 
not ready to go yet or anything, but we're here at the beginning. And Father, we want to be able to say we were there when that happened. And Father, we look for you to, to bless this beyond what we can even imagine. And Father, we, we always want our kids to do better than we did. And so Father, today I pray in Jesus' name that the well would just be a great, strong church in, in the Church of the Nazarene International, Father. I pray that you would send pastors. I pray that you would send missionaries. I, I pray that you would just, uh, that they would be a sending church as well, that they would be a church where little churches are born out of them, Father. And we pray all of these things today in Jesus' name. Father, we love you. We thank you that we get to be a part of something like this. And we just pray that your hand would, would bless and that you would be in everything that we do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you have, I'd like for John and Selena to go stand out at the front door. And Dylan, you can go with them and their family. And I want you to greet them as you, as you leave this morning. You're, you're gonna, they're not going to leave, but, but this is kind of a, a goodbye day. And so greet them as you leave this morning. And you are dismissed.